Anti-Semitism is on the rise in America. 2017 saw the largest increase in anti-Semitic incidents on record. More and more fascists and neo-Nazis parade their violent ideology, as we saw last summer here in Charlottesville. In Europe, many sites of the Holocaust have been turned into museums, and we often hear the phrase, never again, associated with remembering the genocide. But in the United States, the history is starting to get a bit hazy. Americans in recent years have taken to reopening old debates about how many Jews were killed in Nazi concentration camps. And many have forgotten the name Auschwitz altogether. But there is some good news. While basic details are receding from memory, 96% of Americans believe that the Holocaust occurred and 93% believe that all students should learn it in school. Educating the public about the genocide and its relevance to today is the mission of the United States Holocaust Memorial Museum in Washington, D.C. The museum has a new exhibition, Americans and the Holocaust, which explores the reaction of the U.S. public to the persecution and murder of Jews in Europe in the 1930s and 40s. I recently took a trip to D.C. with one of our producers to check it out. We arrived on a Friday morning, and I was pleased to see just how many people were there. Thank you. Thank you. Hi. Hi, I'm Brian Bell. Hi, Danny Green. Great to meet you. Hi, Hi. Martinez. Nice Hi. to meet you. Nice Thank to you meet so you too. Much. Thanks for coming. Our guide for the day was curator Daniel Green. Uh, come on in this way, because um, it'll give you a sense of where we want people to be at the beginning of the exhibition. And we can, you, can you'll, you hear it a lot louder in the gallery, but we're trying to attract people down the hall. We walked up to a video screen showing a series of photographs and newsreels from the 1930s. People standing in bread lines, a lynching. Green says that these images put America in its historical context. We see xenophobia, racism, violence, anti-Semitism in the United States, and we see the economy fall apart and Americans hungry and, and looking for jobs. Those insecurities and those fears are going to shape our response to Nazism almost all the way along. What do you expect people will be most surprised to learn from this exhibit? I think they'll be surprised to learn how much detailed information Americans had about the persecution and murder of Jews in Europe in real time. The first part of the exhibit focuses on how the American media covered Nazi Germany in small towns and large cities across the United States. Here, what you're seeing on these magazines are coverage of Nazism in Time magazine, Vanity Fair. Americans are very interested in Hitler as a new world leader. And anti-Semitism is not hidden. Joseph Goebbels on the cover of Time magazine, July 10th, 1933, the tagline is, say it in your dreams, the Jews are to blame. As pitilessly, as brutally as it did five years ago, is Goebbels' persecution of the Jews. Signposts at city limits bear the legend, Jews not wanted, Jews keep out. You see anti-Semitism in Germany. Americans going to the theaters could have seen this. In this theater, you'll see Father Coughlin ranting against what he called, you know, Jewish communism and says, pledge with me to restore America to the Americans. Um, elected representatives blaming America's unemployment problem on immigration. And if only we shut down immigration, we wouldn't have an employment problem. So the, the themes are resonant today. In November of 1938, Americans were immersed in coverage of Kristallnacht. Jewish-owned homes, businesses, and synagogues 
were vandalized en masse in territories controlled by Germany. President Roosevelt, in a statement without precedent, speaks out against the persecution of minorities in Germany. He says he could scarcely believe such things could occur. Acting on presidential instruction, Secretary of State... The American Mayor press Hall, reports Kristallnacht as a nationwide terror attack by a government against its own citizens. And you see banner headlines. We show how the president, Roosevelt, responds to Kristallnacht. We show how Congress responds to Kristallnacht with the idea of a child refugee bill that can't make its way out of committee onto, onto the floor for a vote. And we focus on these two polls in two weeks after Kristallnacht, one which shows that 94% percent of Americans disapprove of the treatment of Jews by the Nazis. And then they're asked whether we should let in more Jewish exiles in that same week at the end of November, and more than seven out of 10 say no. This rise of intolerance in Germany today, the suffering being inflicted on an innocent and helpless people, grieve every decent... We want visitors to ask hard questions as they come through this exhibition. A hard question is, why is there a gap between disapproval of atrocities abroad and a will to action on behalf of the victims? I can see from where we're standing a series of public opinion poll questions. I hope the answers are on the back. They are. And it looks like they're intended to guide us through this exhibit. Right, and we, deci we decided early on that we wanted this to be Americans and the Holocaust, not the U.S. government and the Holocaust. And so we thought, how do we get to what all Americans were thinking about? And the science of polling is imperfect, and, and it's even less perfect in the 30s and 40s than it is now. But you see these major trends of isolationism, of fear of another depression, of reluctance to let in exiles, desire not to go to war, consistently in all of these polls. And we hope that visitors who come through will say, oh, this is what was on Americans' minds. The danger of the Roosevelt administration lies in its subterfuge. While its members have promised us peace, they have led us to war heedless of the platform upon which they were elected. And here we show the America First Committee, um, the anti-war movement founded in 1940. Charles Lindbergh becomes the most popular spokesman of this. When he goes to Nazi Germany in uh, October 1938, he's awarded the service cross of the German eagle. This is the service cross that he was awarded, that, that Hermann Goering handed to him. If any of these groups, the British, the Jewish, or the administration, stops agitating for war, I believe there will be little danger of our involvement. We focus on this infamous speech he gives in Des Moines on September 11th, 1941, where he calls the Jews war agitators and he threatens them. Um, he says their status in America will not be as secure if we go to war to fight Nazism. December 7th, 1941, a date which will live in infamy. United the United States, States does America enter the war after the bombing of Pearl Harbor by Japan. And although many Americans were horrified by the treatment of Jews in Germany, America's response to Pearl Harbor was to round up our own United citizens States with Japanese ancestry. With that into 
what are called at the time concentration camps. This is this one, this um, magazine really, um, the contrast of these two magazines was really interesting to me. This is the crisis. This is the NAACP's magazine. Um, the article is Americans in Concentration Camps, September 1942. And they say color seems to be the only reason why thousands of American citizens of Japanese ancestry are in concentration camps. In contrast, Life magazine is writing about Manzanar, which they call a scenic spot of lonely loveliness, um, where Japs are settled comfortably. The headline says Mountain Camp. Right, right. And Americans are for, and th this poll is asking whether we're doing the right thing rounding up Japanese aliens and removing them from the Pacific coast. Um, and 93% of Americans say yes. The question is asked about aliens, not about citizens, even though two-thirds of, of the Japanese Americans who are rounded up are citizens. Also in America in 1942, Americans learned about what the Nazis call the final solution, the plan to murder all the Jews of Europe. And we ask in this last section of the exhibition, within the context of war, which is the story, what do we do? about the fact that we know this. There are no American reporters on the ground. So very often the tone of those articles is, we've been told that. It's been said that two million Jews have been murdered. But we don't see, for the most part, there are a few Soviet fo photos that leak out evidence of the atrocities that we think about today when we think about the Holocaust until after mass murder is over. It's April and May of 45, one of the things that I think about is as Americans are going to the newsreels in April of 45 to watch this newsreel Nazi murder mills, it's also the moment that the president has died. President for 12 years. So there are all, when we, when, as this information is leaking out, we're celebrating the defeat of Nazism. It's there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. Uh, what would you like people to take away from this exhibit? We want people to think about their roles and responsibilities as citizens in a democracy. One way to look at this exhibition is, what do we do when a democracy falls apart? What's our responsibility to refugees? When should we enter a war that a lot of Americans consider a foreign war? When we learn that a population abroad is targeted for murder, what should we do about it? I think you often see Americans blamed for not knowing history, <laughs> um, sometimes made fun of on late night programs, right, for not knowing history. But it's our job to teach them this history. You know, the challenge of putting together an exhibition and the challenge of public history is it's the same content, but it's got to mean something to an eighth grader and an 80 year old who lived through it. Um, and if people, if visitors, especially high school and college students can understand that these questions also have a history in America, for us, that would be a great outcome. Daniel Green is a historian at Northwestern University and curator of Americans in the Holocaust, an exhibit at the U.S. Holocaust Memorial Museum in Washington, D.C.